Thank you for listening to We On Fire Podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Also, to get at us on Twitter at We On Fire Sports. Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, Episode 5. In this episode, man, I'm going to break down the National Basketball Association. I'm going to give you my thoughts across the league. I'm going to give you some insight on the what I feel about the Boston Celtics this season. Uh, they got a new head coach up there, as well as a new general manager. I'm going to break down the Boston Celtics, as well as the Philadelphia 76ers. The whole Ben Simmons drama up there in Philadelphia, Doc Rivers, as well as Joel Embiid. Also, too, I have some special guests coming through. Uh, Mako is going to be coming through, our Bulls correspondent, to provide us some insights on the Chicago Bulls. And also, too, I have my NFL correspondent coming through, Steve, to break down our look across the National Football League. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, this NBA has been crazy, man. Man, we had a lot of free agent signings, a lot of willing and dealing, and a lot of moves out here, man, on the NBA front. One situation kind of caught my eye across the NBA, and that's the situation up in Philadelphia. As we know, we got Doc Rivers as the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. We have Joel Embiid getting a big-time extension with the Philadelphia 76ers uh, this summer. We got the situation with Ben Simmons out here. Being shot pretty much at this point. For me, you know, I've said it before on this podcast. I'm not really a fan of Ben Simmons basketball. You know, I mean, how can you use a guy who can't shoot, man, from either the field goal or from free throw, man? I mean, at the end of the day, man, if you can't shoot, how can I use you? Like, you know, I understand getting rebounds and setting it up and everything. But at the end of the day, man, when you're trying to win an NBA championship, you know, I need guys who's able to score, who are able to hit me a jumper here and there just to kind of get me over the hump in the basketball game. Now, to me, I think it's a crazy situation up there because you have, you know, Elton Brand, who was previously, well, running the show pretty much up in Philadelphia. And then we had the emergence of Daryl Morey on the scene. As we know with Daryl Morey, man, he's like a mad scientist. So there's no telling where this team is going to go. You know, you got Tobias Harris being shopped. You know, he needs him and uh, Doc Rivers need a Mia Copa right now as far as their relationship is concerned. You know, I think Tobias Harris is a good basketball player. You know, but I think Philadelphia, man, for me to really kind of see whether or not they're a contender, I believe it's going to be after getting rid of Ben Simmons or seeing where that situation goes. I just don't think you can have that lingering over your ball club and you're really trying to win an NBA championship. I mean, that's what Joel Embiid signed up for. I know that's what Doc Rivers wants. And so, in that situation up there, man, we'll see. You know, another situation that has caught my eye in the NBA, in the same division, is the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, we've had Trader Danny, Step to the side. Trader Danny's no longer around. 
and just so happened the job falls in the hands of Brad Stevens. The same Brad Stevens who reports out of Boston is that he lost his locker room. And so I'm trying to figure out, man, if, if you have a guy that's lost a locker room and now this guy's making decisions overall for your ball club, isn't that kind of a conflict of interest a little bit or just kind of, you know, something that's, you know, very interesting? You know, he's made some recent moves with Marcus Smart, extending him, which I like Marcus Smart. You know, he's a tough competitor. He's a glue guy. You know, he's a guy that's going to bring that lunch pail every single night for you. Able to shoot the ball. It can definitely get hot, you know, in big time situations. You extended also to Robert Williams. Now, I'm not sure about that move. And it's nothing against Robert Williams. I thought Robert Williams was a good basketball player, especially when I watched him down at Texas A&M. You know, I thought that he was definitely going to be an NBA player. So I'm kind of a fan of Robert Williams, man. And, you know, get your money, man. You know, it's nothing against Robert Williams, but I'm not sure about this Boston club. You, know, you brought Al Horford back. You know, he's back in the fold. You know, it's going to be an interesting situation up there. And you know there's a lot of pressure being the general manager of the Boston Celtics uh, for obvious, obvious uh, cigar-smoking reasons. I'll let y'all fill the rest of that in. So that's just my quick look across the National Basketball Association. Just a couple things that's caught my eye. We on Five Sports Podcast is definitely going to bring you some updates. If I see any stories out there that I definitely want to get into. So I appreciate you listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up, my conversation with Mako as we dive into the Chicago Bulls. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Oh my God, T. The Bulls are on fire right now. Like, when we when we got rid of our old office, our old the old administration, I was so excited. You know what I mean? Because I seen we grabbed this guy who put this Toronto team together from the background, and I was a little weary, but I was I was just happy that we moved on from the Paxson era. You know, I was just happy. Or did I? You know, or did I tell you? And I'll be just totally transparent. You know, with my listeners here today, uh, me and this gentleman from the same area. You know, roughly, literally three or four blocks from the old Chicago Stadium, better known now as the United Center. So we definitely have a, a peculiar oh, yeah. in, the, in our uh, neighborhood Chicago Bulls. Um, I told you bar packs. I mean, it's just like, man, I mean, how many years do we got to suffer through that? I mean, at a point to where even in, say, our old neighborhood, we actually physically had billboards asking for these two gentlemen to be fired. Which was a first. Even <laughs> Jerry Krause had a billboard in Chicago. So how do you feel about how you feel about the Bulls, man? This in in, in, the, in those moves, you obviously you're excited. Do you, how do you feel first of all about Demar Derozan? So when you say when you talk about Demar Derozan, right? So you gotta know, you gotta know about the history of this guy. You know what I mean? He's from Compton. You know, he looked up the guys like Master P. You know, guys we grew up <laughs> listening to who became. Multi-millionaire ambassadors of this. 
by the way. Yeah. So you know, I I really love this kid. He had he said he has had nothing easy in his life. He don't want it to be easy here. He come to Chicago knowing the situation, and he ready to ball. So I love the Rosa. The the, the just the fact that like what happened in Toronto, him being traded, Toronto winning the championship, that put some monkey, that put some grease, some oil on your back some ether in your soul. You know what I mean? So right. I like what he brings to the table. Lonzo Ball, same thing. He was in L.A. He was highly regarded. You know, they gave up on him. They got LeBron James. Ah, he went down to New Orleans. And then the thing in New Orleans was just, it was an experiment waiting to happen. They didn't really respect this game, but let me tell you about him. He got the great court vision. He's a space-age basketball player. He do it the right way. He got the best court vision, the best defense. He got nice size. He can stick two, three, one. You know what I mean? It's the defense for me when it comes down to Lonzo Ball, the court vision. The jump shot got a lot better. The chase is falling. Like, you know, when you talk about him, you talk about him. Then you talk about, you want to talk about management. What about the ninja-like move he made in the middle of last season? You can't forget about that. Like, you can't just forget about how we just swooped in and grabbed one of the best true centers in the league to go with Zach. Oh, yeah. Fusavish with Fusavish move oh. was, was big time. I mean, we went from a team with one all-star to roughly four months later, you got three guys that made a, a, a all-star team on your ball club now, all within about three and a half, four months. You know, I do uh, like, uh, you know, how you broke down Lonzo Ball because I think those skills, that skill set and those attributes is something that the Chicago Bulls was missing. I mean, we all know how the, uh, you know, I call them Thomas Big Bank Sadoransky because I think they just paid him for no reason. I just think that he's more of a, a international Olympic. Uh, now, 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 I don't agree. I don't agree about, I don't agree about Scott. Now, we love Scott. He plays some ball here. You know what I mean? He Now, he... He might have been one of those signees that was like, okay, he, you know, he was decent in Washington. I mean, he's a good, he's a good, he's a good reserve guard. I mean, he's a good backup point guard. And I think that last season, you know, to me, you know, because he did have some uh, a good season in Washington, and I was a fan of him in Washington. You know, I got a chance to see him get it in a little bit in Washington, but I think in combination with not only him but Kobe White, you kind of need more of a traditional type of point guard or, or ball distributor. And I think Lonzo Ball is, is, is exactly that. Um, you know, so I think that move, just from an offensive standpoint, and we obviously, too, have Kobe White out, you know, due to injury. So I think he's going to come back maybe about a month into the season. We on five podcasts, definitely going to monitor that situation with Kobe White. But definitely, I think the Bulls have upgraded, you know, their roster. And, you know, I like Billy Donovan. I think Billy Donovan, his shoulders worth it. Great. <laughs> you know, I think. You know, that, you, know, you, know, you know, we love Billy from the Florida days. Oh, Joe Kim, you know, we love Billy. We love oh, Billy. Billy. Oh, yeah. I'm a Billy fan, man. You know, I got a chance to you know, watch him, you know, as a young lad at Providence, you know, under the uh, great uh, Rick Patino, you know, as a college Ooh. basketball <laughs> the league for a couple of years. But I do think Billy's getting us in the right direction. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about my man Pat, Patrick Williams, man? I think he had a great summer league, man. How do you feel about Patrick Williams, man? So let me tell you about Shorty. You know what I mean? We gotta call him Shorty because he a rookie. 
even though this is second year, he's still short. You know what I mean? Mm. He got a lot of pressure this year because we we need a lot from him with this new style of basketball that's being played right now. It's positionless. So we need him to come in and hold down the full spot. He got the size. He got the talent. That lockdown defender that we need that can stick all four positions. And that's his challenge this year. Yeah, we want him to score the ball, but really, he don't really got a scope. He got to define his role. He got to accept his role, be a lockdown defender, hit the open jump shot, play defense, rebound the ball. That's it. That's all we need him to do. And he's young. He athletic enough. He got the size to do it. We know he got all the mechanics to do it. So will he step up to the task is the question at hand. And after looking at the summer league, I see his aggressiveness. And he looked like he real thirsty to show that, man, he belonged here. And he ready. He got his friend here and Kobe White, who they've been playing basketball with each other forever. So he comfortable. His comfortability level was there. I like his attitude. You know, his he mild manner. He still look a, a look look a little scary. He gotta find some toughness though. If he gonna be our tough guy, he gotta get some toughness. That's the only thing I don't like about Shorty is he too nice of a guy. Like he gotta foul hard. We can't have you playing for a sticking defense and you not fouling hard. No nope. tic tac fouls. I'm from the 80s. Leave a mark. And he's, you know a, what he's I mean? a and he's a big guy. I mean, he was obviously he played one season at Florida State under uh Leonard Hamilton. You know, he came in the league at 18, 19 years old. I do uh agree with you totally in just using that for seeking body and him uh for the Bulls being an asset with uh with him being uh versatile on the defensive end. I think you you pair that. You know, with Alonzo Ball, who can play on the ball defense a little bit. Oh, uh, yes. The defense this season uh, by the moves that they, the moves that they made in the development of Patrick Williams you know, on that end. Yes, the development is key. And man, I wish that I wish that Matt Nagy not to not to switch lanes back and forth, but coach wise, I wish that Matt Nagy had that development ability that Billy Donovan got because like. I seen I seen Billy do everywhere he went, you know, and I know that Nagy don't have that experience, but that's the type of development people person we need. I know that my team, the Bulls, is coming back because I know that they in good hands with Billy Donovan. You know, I feel like, man, I just feel like the Bulls should snap this year. We should win. I was looking at the stats like the over under is thirty nine games. The Bulls should win over thirty nine games this year. I don't see the Bulls winning less than 40 games this year. Well, you know, I'm, if, if, I'm going to get into that. I was going to ask you, you think the Bulls would be able to get into the playoffs this season? How do you feel about that? Playoffs, I mean, we're in a conference with the defending champs, the Bucks. The league is shook up. The Bulls is armed, and they ready to go. You know, I don't, I don't see why we shouldn't make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Like, I don't see why. We got Cleveland. We got Milwaukee. Like, why wouldn't the Bulls make the playoffs? We got Detroit. You know, the Bulls should make the playoffs. We should even be as high as the fifth seed, you know, this year because of the moves that we made. If we, if you go through the Bulls roster, percentage, if you, if you look at the Bulls roster, 
player for player, on paper, we got one of the best teams in the East. Hands down. We got one of the best teams in the East. You can look it up. Like, if you just pull up the player stats that we have, I don't see why the Bulls would not make the playoffs this year. Well, well yeah, you have three You have three All-Stars. I think if you have three or three guys who made the All-Star team, yeah, you should be you should be a playoff team. And I think that, you know, the NBA has expanded, say, playoffs with the play-in and the 7-2-10 situation. You know, I, I agree with you as far as I do think the Bulls are, you know, my uh, – up for them is probably about that fifth seed. You know, I'm impressive for the fourth seed, but if I think this is a, this is a ball club that you can get a, a potential fifth seed. And you, you have to understand those ball clubs that uh, you know, say like the Nets or the Bucks. You know, those teams, you know, they're not going to go out max 100% every game because they know what they have. So I do think the Bulls should, should be able to rack a couple extra victories. And I do believe that the Bulls, in my prediction, will win about 43 ball games this season. So. So we're looking forward to that, man. And, man, we definitely appreciate it here on We On Five Podcast. Uh, my man, Mako, my Bulls, as well as uh, Bears correspondent, checking in with us to give us our thoughts, uh, give, give us his thoughts on, on the uh, sports scene there in Chicago. We absolutely definitely got to check back in with you. You know, we have our uh, fantasy football show coming up soon, so we're definitely going to get your thoughts. As well as uh, uh, Young Betting out here, you know, I hope these cats don't lose their shirt out here betting they last out here, man. So <laughs> rapper taste on, on, on that end. So we definitely appreciate you coming through, share your thoughts. Uh, we on Five Podcast. Definitely going to check in uh, with you uh, during the course of the uh, season just to get your thoughts and everything. So we definitely appreciate you falling through, my man. No problem. No problem. See, anytime, brother. I'm here. I'm on the ground. I got boots in the city. This bear life, this bull life. This White Sox life, it's a religion here, where we at. When you grew up where we grew up at, all you got is sports and entertainment, you know what I mean? And my whole life, I been, I came up from cooping on crates in the backyard. I just studied basketball my whole life. Yes, Football, baseball, my whole life. So I love this, man. I'm, and I'm just happy to be here. And you know, I'm a real true fan, and I'm going to always get my honest opinion about what's going yeah, man, on that's what we all about here on we on five podcast man five take uh five takes and analysis on on these topics out here with no narratives man straight with no chase out here man so we definitely appreciate you falling through and uh you be safe out there up in shot town man hold your head man we'll get back with you man we're on five podcast that's the plan Coming up on We On Five Sports Podcast, my conversation with Steve as we get into the National Football League and our thoughts across the league. We On Five Sports Podcast. What's been your What's been your thoughts of across the league? Had a couple, uh, couple of little early cuts in the QB section. You know, we had the uh, great Tim Tebow and sent out the pastor down in Jacksonville. What's your, <laughs> your thoughts on the, on that situation? Well, uh, it, it was expected for sure, but I mean, we all know what it was. It's Urban Meyer doing a favor for one of his favorite players. But, you know, ironically enough, Tim brings a lot of value to a locker room. 
And so, you know, Irvin, uh, you know, knew that he wants to establish a culture um, and he wants to, you know, bring in his type of guys, his type of uh, high energy guys who to create that, to help create that culture. And, and Tim Tebow is exactly that. But, uh, you know, being out of football for about eight years and coming in, switching positions, playing tight end, position I played way back in the day. When when you got to line up there and put your helmet on uh, on the defensive end and block, it's no easy task. I don't care how many you know how much muscle he even put on or you know time he spent in the gym. It's 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 tough. And uh, Tim Tim cut struggled obviously. And once everybody saw that on 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 uh, on film. I mean, you had to cut him at that point. Yeah, I think that uh, that film was uh, an obvious look of it's over for Tim Tebow. And Tim's a great guy. I mean, he's a national champion, first-round pick of the Denver Broncos by Josh McDaniels. A big mistake, but yeah. <laughs> Playoffs against Pittsburgh. And, you know, he does a good job on, on television, man. And I think that uh, as far as being a professional athlete, it's absolutely over for Tim Tebow, man. Okay. Yeah, we had another uh, another cut I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on, on the QB end. Last time we spoke, we uh, delved into the uh, San Francisco 49ers situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, made a release of uh, Josh Rosen, which to a lot, there wasn't any surprise. I mean, I guess when you have a hot tub at UCLA in your dorm room, I mean, that lets us know you're not focused solely on football. What's your thoughts about Rosen, man? I thought I thought he had a chance to be a good quarterback in the National Football League. What's your thoughts on him? I thought so too. Uh, I think with Josh, uh, you know, he got a little bit of a raw end of the stick. Uh, being you drafted number one, then being traded, then going from team to at that point. Uh, you know, part of it, yeah, it, you know, you're, you're beginning to put some. some, some some throws on film and people are beginning to see what you're really about but also i mean it it curves your learning i mean you you're not you're not going to be successful in this league if you're going you know when you're a first round pick you just come in there and you're going from one organization to the next one coordinator one system one locker room to the next i mean at the draft there was talks about his dedication to football i don't think that's that was in question at this point. I mean, I think he was really, you know, dedicated to playing ball, but uh, he doesn't wow you with his arm strength and his cerebral game wasn't really there. His mobility obviously isn't there. So, you know, at at some point, you know, you got to say, hey, you know, is he the best talent or most talented guy? Is there still any uh, ceiling there? And you know, three organizations decided that wasn't the case. So I wasn't surprised by I was surprised once he got to Miami because there was nothing in Miami and Brian Flores was a good coach. Uh, he could have got something out of out of Josh Rosen if there was something there. And when he did it, that kind of let me know that, yeah, the, you know, it doesn't seem like Josh Rosen is an NFL caliber quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, man, last time we spoke, we uh, delved in into the uh, rookie QBs we were looking forward to. And uh, another rookie QB that we didn't uh, talk about uh, up in uh, New York for the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson, uh, second pick overall from BYU. What's your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Uh, I mean, when you when you look at the film, the arms, the arm talent jumps off for sure. Uh, I mean, there was some question about whether or not 
you know, the, the level of competition playing at BYU. Um, you know, he, he was playing in lo- against lower competition. But at the same time, I mean, BYU doesn't have NFL first rounders littered all over that offense either. So he was making the most with the talent that he had. I think if you would plug him in at an Alabama for four years, he would have been no, uh, no doubt number one overall pick. He has that kind of arm talent. Um, you know, I think for him being in New York, the most important thing is uh, getting into a good system, uh, protecting him and giving him weapons because he has the arm talent to do it. I hope he doesn't get beat up that first year. Good thing for him. The Jets have a, a couple of really good players on the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, for him, it's going to be learning from his mistakes, uh, not falling into some of the mistakes that that um, Josh, uh Darnold fell, Sam Darnold fell into uh, when he was with the Jets, you know, turning the ball over, fumbling, trying to do too much. If he stays within the system uh, and they get him some protection, some weapons, I think he, I think he'll be successful. Underrated weapons on that team right now. I mean, they got some good players, but they need more for him. They definitely need a running game for him. But if they can protect him, he'll have some success. Yeah, and I agree with you definitely there on the running game. I mean, last season, their running game was dismal. Um, I think uh, that uh, you get Zach in a situation, you get a a pretty decent uh, run game. I think he has the ability to turn a a few eyes up there. You know, we had the uh, Sanchez situation going, you know, in the Geno Smith experience. Then you had uh, the recent situation with Sam Donald. Um, do you think the Jets are cursed? I mean, it, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, you know, my listeners here on this podcast, you, know, you got to go back, man, to the Ken O'Brien days, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember those Ken O'Brien days. <laughs> you know, we talking about a comfortable, uh, you know, I don't want to discount Boomer and Sison, but he was at the uh, end of his uh, career. Uh, right, right. Do you yeah. think the curse, man? No, nah, I, I think the front office hasn't, you know, they've they've had some guys in there that just weren't cutting it. I mean, yeah, they brought in, uh, and, and Chad Pennington, I think, was a really good quarterback um, during Parcells' era. They had good structure around that time. They were bringing in talented guys to make plays and do some things. And when Rex got in, they had a really good draft. They had, you know, players coming in. They have great players on the defense and, and and they did some really good things now granted Rex you know once 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 his guys started uh you know he was drafting his own guys it, it didn't quite turn out for Rex uh they weren't bringing in the talented players that they were that they that, that they had in there but uh you know they went to what three straight um AFC um conference championship games so championship games absolutely right so you know they had players on that team uh they carried mark sanchez uh they never had a quarterback that could carry them they haven't had one since pennington and even then uh chad you know wasn't you know wasn't an all pro he wasn't killing it he made a couple pro bowls but it wasn't nothing spectacular but i think it just shows that how difficult it is to find that guy that's just gonna make a world of a difference and lead you into uh that child that championship caliber talk uh, it's hard to find a quarterback in the nfl that can do that it's hard to find the top 10 top five quarterback and you know the old adage keep drafting one until you find one and i think the jets been doing a lot of that the problem is 
the front office and the coaching staff keeps turning over and there's not that con continuity there that, that that can help a young quarterback and nurture a young quarterback so you don't necessarily see the best out of them but uh you know i i like zach wilson i think he, his arm talent is up there with the pat mahomes i mean he's not Pat mahomes i'm not saying that but he has that kind of arm talent where he could put that ball on a rope and do some things with the football so uh, I think that uh, he might be one of the better prospects that they've had in, in quite some time. How do you feel about the uh, Robert Sala up there? You know, they made the uh, the transition, uh, brought in Sala. Um, do you think? You know, you mentioned you know the coaches that they've had you know previously uh, there up in New York. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Well, uh, you know, he, he's a leader. Um, I think he's going to get a lot out of that defense and they'll need it for the first few years because they're going to have to carry that team. Um, I think a young team will, will, will round, will, will galvanize, will, will be galvanized by him and they'll, they'll support him and they'll, they'll play hard for him. Uh, but like any coach, you know, what's the front office like? Is he, is he, is he picking his own players? Um, are they is is the GM picking the players? Is GM picking players that are going to fit his system, and, and and he'll be able you know to get the right guys in there. You know that's what's been killing the Jets for years and years. But uh, I think uh, I think they got a good coach. Uh, you know, obviously the proof is in the pudding, and you're going to have to wait to see that. But um, I think he he'll get the he'll get those guys to play hard for him. And at this point, you know that's what you that's all you can really ask for. And another rookie I was looking across uh, across the league at, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on the situation in uh, Cincinnati. You know, we got Joe Burrow coming off a, a big-time knee injury, uh, him getting back in the fold. Um, they drafted in the first round of DeMar Chase out of uh, LSU. Um, you know, our early look, my early look at him, it seems like he's struggling a little bit. But, I mean, this is the preseason. Uh, he was a stud down in LSU. What do you think about that whole situation in Cincinnati with Burrow coming? Thoughts on that? Uh, I, I would have liked for them to draft an offensive lineman. I, I think that would have been the pressing, the more pressing need. If you're going to go with an offensive weapon, um, you know, maybe trade up, try to get that tight end um, out of Florida. Was you know, it's, yeah, where everybody was trying to say he's he's probably the best tight end to come out in quite some time. Uh, Mel Kiper had him rated as his. his all-time best tight end of all time so you know i i thought that probably would have been the would have been the route for you know for a younger quarterback getting a good tight end something that they they haven't had in cincinnati for quite a while but they went with you know a, a potential home run threat uh you know you draft a guy that early at, at wide receiver you're going to expect big things from him um you know i think really the, their 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 head coach is probably you know, more more of a suspect than than than, the, than, than that young team. I, I mean, I don't know if Zach Taylor's the guy that write that ship, or if he's the one that's going to get the most out of that that Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection. But uh, I think he, he has talent. He, he's a game breaker. He's explosive. You see that on film. That's going to translate to the to the next level. Is can he pick up, you know, an NFL style offense and. Nowadays, you know, young players are doing that all the time. They're they're, they're going in uh, their first year and and, and performing. Uh, if he could stay healthy, uh, along with Joe Burrow, if they both can stay healthy, they, that should be a pretty good connection for years to come. 
Yeah, and I think the biggest question, as you mentioned, is uh, Zach uh, in Cincinnati. I mean, he's one of the youngest coaches in the National Football League. You know, you have, you know, the Brown, um, to say the least, you know, they've been very loyal um, to a fault in most situations. So I think that to me, that's the biggest storyline as far as, hey, is this guy a real leader in the locker room? And these guys are going to run through a wall and play. I mean, they're in a, you know, consider a black and blue division. Um, so, it's going to be real interesting to, uh, to see how that uh, unfolds. I'm really looking at uh, Burrow because I thought Burrow did play well before he got injured. Um, so it's just going to you know, be real interesting to see how he uh, comes back definitely after that uh, injury and if they can uh, be competitive in that division. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got to protect him. That's the key. Uh, you know, he's good. But, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are as a young quarterback. If, if you don't have time last year, he's running for his life. Uh, if they don't, if they can't keep him upright, uh, it's going to be a waste of a quarterback because he's he's pretty good. Yeah, also too, man. Um, want to uh, get your thoughts uh, about uh, uh, ball clubs out west. Uh, you know, we had uh, the AFC West. Um, you know, we had the, uh, well, Super Bowl uh, previous uh, winning uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they got back to the Super Bowl and uh, fell short against the Tampa Bay Bucks. What's your early thoughts, man, on uh, on, on the Chiefs, man? Uh, you know, that, that AFC West division, I think, is going to be a little bit closer than what people think. I'm, I mean, yeah, I think the Chiefs, obviously, they're going to win division but um i think the raiders aren't that bad and i think the broncos are going to give you some tough times uh the broncos got a really good defense uh and the raiders you know when healthy they got a pretty good defense so i think it's going to be a, a little closer than what folks think and san diego you know Darwin james is back he's a playmaker you got both on that line they're always going to get after the quarterback. And what's the biggest challenge for uh, for Kansas City is, you know, if you get pressure on them, they become a little bit more normal. They become a little bit more human. Uh, and, you know, that's what Tampa Bay did in, in the Super Bowl. And I think that's going to be the recipe people are going to try to do to, to knock off Kansas City, and at least in the AFC, is try to get as much pressure. And, you know, San Diego has the capabilities of doing that. Broncos can do that if, you know, Von Miller is, is 100%. Uh, and I think the Raiders, if they're healthy, they can do the same thing. So I think that division will be a little bit closer. I think the Chiefs will lose a few more games than they did last season. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if, if you got if you, if you to pick a second place team, I think it'll probably be San Diego but or Los Angeles now. But and we, all, we, we, we all we all still get used to that situation. You're right, right. Uh, they should have stayed in San Diego, but you know that's uh, that's my opinion. But nevertheless, uh, you know uh, I I think uh, they'll be that second place team that that will probably be vying for for a wild card tonight. Yeah, and I think uh, I think uh, you mentioned Boza. I think, you know, to me, about that division is the health of Bosa. You know, Bosa, then, yeah, you have a real situation in that division. Because I think the Chargers are very talented. 
I think that, you know, as you mentioned, uh, once you get at the Chiefs, get at that offensive line, which they uh, tried to put together this offseason, that's really interesting to see. And definitely the uh, the health of Patrick Mahomes, I think that adversely kind of their way would be just the health and the health of the other teams in their division. You know, they kind of got a little fortunate last season because you are correct, they had a, a ton of injury. Um, so I think it is going to be a little tighter than what's anticipated. Um, you know, you mentioned Denver. You know, Drew Locke has actually been looking good. Like he's been looking good. You know, he's a guy that was, you know, people was, you know, you know, questioning him in the Teddy Bridgewater situation. But uh, Locke has actually been looking pretty good to me, man. Well, what are your thoughts on that situation at the quarterback position up in Denver? Uh, well, you know what you got with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, check down, Teddy. Um, he'll keep you in the game um, and he'll make it close. He, he's not going to turn the ball over, but they've been stockpiling weapons on offense and they're looking for big plays. If you can keep Drew Locke under check, I think he gives you the best shot to win. Um, but, you know, is he going to turn the ball over? Uh, is he is he going to be chaotic at times? with the football. And so, you know, if, if, if he can kind of correct some of those, uh, those turnovers, those, those, you know, ridiculous interceptions where he's throwing into double and triple coverage, if you could cut back on those and, and, and rein them in, uh, I think they, they'll, they'll be pretty good. I think he gives them the best chance to, to, to win. Cause he has the arm talent. He can push the ball downfield and they got some good deep threats, man. They got some guys that, that can create separations and playmakers, Hamlin, Judy, uh, you know, they got fan out there at tight end. So they're, they're solid. They're, they're loaded. Uh, they just need better quarterback play. Yeah. And I thought the injuries kind of hurt them, uh, last on the offensive side, as you mentioned, Judy and the other guys that they have and Faint, um, I think that they, you know, they were a little up and down, but they were young players. But uh, definitely the talent, if you watch them play, you know, when those guys are on the field, yeah, they're legitimate. And I think that they could be a team that can surprise, can surprise a little bit. I think, as, you know, as we're discussing, you know, it's really about the quarterback situation, really, and Drew Locke. You know what you have with Teddy, which I think Teddy can help them. But I think that you get, um, you know, the best Denver Bronco offense if Drew Locke goes out there and does what he has to do and don't turn the football over. Yeah. So, yeah, man, so we definitely – we definitely appreciate uh, once again you checking in with us, man. Uh, here on We on Fire Sports Podcast, man, with your uh, good perspective across the National Football League. Definitely, uh, we're gonna have to welcome you back into the fold, man. To get your thoughts uh, as we lead into uh, week uh, number three in the preseason, the final week of the preseason. Also, too, um, we got you on the uh, slab for the uh, NFL preview show. Um, so we wanted to get your thoughts on the or, uh, projections and project- predictions this season in the National Football League. So absolutely, man. We'll definitely uh, be back in the fold, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, that's going to be around my Vegas trip. And so I'm going to put down a, a little bit on the action on some of my uh, on some of my future bets. So, uh, you know, I might be handicapping on your next show, uh, giving away uh some of my thoughts on who's going to be uh, winning their conference and and Super Bowl predictions and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Hey, you know, we got the We On Five Sports Podcast uh, betting show, man. So, uh, definitely, man, you uh, want to drop a couple of gems and absolutely fall through, man. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold you to that. 
Yeah, so we on Five Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to the segment, and we'll get right back at you. Yeah, you can stay on though, G. I can edit all this out. Uh, the back oh, okay. conversation. Um, what I was gonna say, what I'm gonna do for the NBA, for the NBA thing we're talking about. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you right back, and then we'll do the NBA portion because it'd be able to help me edit it better if I do it in two. Sports Podcast, Episode 5. Thank you for listening. Today we had a great show. I had some special guests come through, Michael and Steve, providing their analysis across the sporting landscape, as well as I got into the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as the Boston Celtics, and my look over those two teams. So we had a great show today. Once again, thank you for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to We On Fire Podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Also, to get at us on Twitter at We On Fire Sports. <laughs>